good Sunday morning. You're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire to inform and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. From you. Psalms 51 and 1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness and according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Lamentations 3 verse 22 says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassion fail not. And verse 23 says, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. So we're talking about mercy, Lord. Mercy is a blessing that is an act of divine favor or compassion. It's compassion or forbearance shown, especially to an offender or to one subject to one's power. Also, it's lenient or compassionate treatment. And we really do need the mercy of God. Every single one of us needs the mercy of God. In Romans nine fifteen, it says, for he said, God said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. If you have ever realized really the condition of your own life and the condition of your heart and really come to grips with who you are and who God God is, then you know that you need the mercy of God. And we should be crying out, pleading for God to be lenient, have compassion and be merciful to us. And thank God we are praying to one who is full of compassion and full of mercy mm-hmm. and whose mercy endureth forever. Mercy also means that God withhold punishment. Even though you do deserve it, God withhold it because he's a loving God. He's faithful and he is compassionate. If you would just think about a person that has been brought to court and the charges are read against them and the judge asks, how do you plead? And the person knowing that he has committed all those crimes, he say guilty, but then someone steps in and says, not guilty. Your charges have been dropped. That's God's mercy extended upon you, knowing that you have done wrong, that you have turned your, maybe have turned your back on him, or you just done some things that are against his laws, knowing and or unknowing. And he looks at you and say, not guilty. Even when the enemy have the right to persecute you because you have opened that door for him to do so, God steps in and rebuke that enemy because he has mercy upon you. If you think about it in Psalms 51 that we read, the account of David crying out and writing, pleading unto God for 
mercy because he realizes his sins have been laid bare and open before him. And God has sent the prophet Nathan to reveal to him that his sins have come up before God and that God is displeased in him. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing left for David to do, because Nathan did say, thou art the man, you're the guilty one. You are the one that has offended God. You are the one that have broke the covenant and broke the law of God. You are the one that without excuse and without reason has done evil in the sight of God. Mm -hmm. You are the one that's guilty. The one that you wanted to take the life of when I gave you a hypothetical situation. But when I told you it was you, the only thing David then had to say before when he didn't know who the guilty party was, he just knew there was somebody that had done wrong to somebody else. And it really didn't make sense because the one that had done wrong had everything and more than what he needed, but he done wrong to one that was of lesser, lesser means than him. And, and David said that man should be put to death. And when Nathan Nathan says, but you, David, you king, you are the man. Then David cries out unto God, Lord, have mercy upon my soul. Mm -hmm. And that's where we find ourselves often needing to cry out unto God, have mercy. And we need to be mindful of how we are so apt and eager and quick to pass judgment on other people. When you think it's someone else, we think that the sentence ought to be death. When you think it's someone else and it doesn't involve you, then you're willing to pass harsh judgment. But when you find out that you are the one that have been the offender, then you want mercy. So it is with us. I mean, we are just the same as David in that regard. And that's why we have to remember that there go we, but for the grace of God. And we need to have mercy upon those that have done wrong and mercy upon those with whom we deal because we know, and we have to remember that God has had mercy mm. upon our soul. But LJ Renee, I was just thinking about this in light of when Jesus was on trial for for his life. And they had a custom. The Jewish custom was that the, the court could free one prisoner, even if they were guilty. And Pilate comes out before the crowds and the throngs of people. And he says, and you have to remember that Jesus is in the cell. They had arrested him and Barabbas is in the cell. They had arrested him. Mm -hmm. And there were other criminals down there in the cell and they all knew the custom. And I'm sure that they all were praying and hoping and wishing that maybe this is my day that the mercy will come. The people's mercy will fall upon me and they will let me go free, even though I've done wrong and I've been found guilty. And I know that there is no pleading for my case, but there is a time when the mercy will be extended to one individual and, and Pilate standing over the group of people, throngs of people. And Pilate says to them, whom shall I release? Because the people get to choose who they will release. And you know, down in the prison, they can't really hear a whole bunch. They don't have, they don't have microphones and sound system. They didn't have that like we have today. So pilots yelling over there, over the throngs of people, whom shall I release? And the throngs of people yell back to Pilate. And these are thousands of people now yelling back and they say Barabbas and down in the jail cell, the only thing that the prisoners can hear with one loud 
thunderous roar is Barabbas. And then you got to remember, LJ Renee, his next question is, what shall I do with Jesus? And, and they couldn't hear the question, but what they could hear was the throngs of people and the throngs of people said, crucify him. You got to think if you're Barabbas sitting in the bottom of that jail cell, the only thing you can hear, because you can't hear the question, the only thing you can hear is Barabbas, crucify him, Barabbas, crucify him. But he didn't hear the question. The question was, who shall I release? And the people were saying, Barabbas. The question was, what shall I do with Jesus? And the answer was, crucify him. But the only thing Barabbas could hear was Barabbas crucify him so what must he be thinking when the guards are marching down toward his cell to get him out of his cell he's thinking this is the day that I will meet my punishment because I know I've done wrong this is the day that I will pay for the sins that I have done and lo and behold the guards come to get him and they set the man free you're talking about mercy they come to set him free he just heard his name yelled by the throngs of people Barabbas crucify him he knew he was going to a sudden and a deserving death but then he gets set free just like you and me we know that we had done wrong and sinned and lied and cheated everything that was coming us is due us we owed a debt that we could not pay he took our place on the cross when the devil was yelling with our name LJ Renee and Twyla crucify her and then Jesus comes and sets us free that is the mercy of God. You didn't deserve it. You couldn't earn it. You couldn't pay for it. And there is no way that rightfully, if you go by the letter of the law, that you would have ever been made free. But because of his mercy and because of his grace, he has liberated our captive. So that is the mercy mm. of God. My God. And even in Titus 3 and 5, he said he saved us not because of the good things we did, but because of his mercy. It says he washed away our sins and gave us a new life through the Holy Spirit. So it's not something that we have done that deserve. Many people think they deserve God's favor, that you, we deserve God's mercy. But as he said in this scripture, he says we didn't do any good thing. And he just wanted to let us know that, that we all have sin in our life, that we all have done some things wrong, that by the law, if we go by the law, some of us would have been stoned mm. and hung by the tree. If you went by the law, then we should have all been hung up on that tree. But because of Jesus Christ and him being the ultimate sacrifice and because he is the lamb of God that took away the sins of the, of the world, it is through him that God extends his mercy. And even in that, he says that I will extend mercy to whom I will extend mercy to. So it's not based upon our status or our namesake or the position that we hold or how how much money we have or because we come from a long line of preachers or prophets. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do about God's love. I mean, that's the thing that's so precious about the mercy and the grace of God. When you think about the mercy of God, you can throw the status away. You can throw the pedigree in the trash. You can throw your you last name. God the, with it doesn't have anything yes. to do with you. This is about the mercy of the loving kindness and compassion 
of a wonderful God who looks out upon you. And really, if he were to mark iniquity, not one of us would be able to stand. But because he has been so kind and gracious to us, he has had mercy upon us. And I too can sympathize with those in the scriptures where they would cry out unto him, son of David, have mercy upon me. There's a time when you know, look, I'm going to give this God a try. Mercy, Lord. You just got to cry mercy, Lord. You can't go before him. You know, when, when Paul gave his resume in the scriptures, he said, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews touching the law. I was a Pharisee. He goes on to give his pedigree and his, and all of his resume. He said, but listen, I, all of that stuff, I count as dung because when it comes to the grace and the mercy of God, I am no better than the next man. None of that means anything to God. As a matter of fact, I needed more of the mercy of God because of sinners, I am the chief. Mm. I mean, when you get to realize how filthy and wretched and undone you are, all of us need to every day of our life say, mercy, Lord, mercy, Lord, mm. have mercy upon my soul. Even in Romans, the one that we read about Moses, where God told Moses, I'll have mercy on whoever I choose to have mercy upon. I mean, you got to remember that's when Israel had angered God by serving idols. And God said, listen, I'm going to send angels to drive the enemies out of the land. And then I'll let you go forward and inherit the land but I am not going with you. I had planned to go with you and be with you, but I will no longer be with you because this stiff necked people have decided mm. that they want to serve inanimate objects. So let them have their demigods and I will not be mm. going with you. And I love how Moses, cause he had been selected by God to lead this people. He said, Whoa, if you not going, I'm not going either. Mm. God says, I'll give you the promised land, but I won't be there with you. What good is a promise if God isn't there with you? What good is a Canaan land? If God, What good is all of the milk and honey if God isn't there with you? Oh my God, that's a powerful message right there. What good is it if God is not going to mm. be with you? You know what I like about God's mercy? Because when, when mercy is extended to you, there is a humbleness that comes over mm. you. You know, just as you were talking about uh, the man that was released, Barabbas, he was released thinking that he was the one really going to be hung up on the cross, but instead he and was deserved the one to be. and deserved to be up on the cross, but yet he was released instead. The person that really recognized that it should have been them and that it was God that delivered them, they have a humbleness about them. Mm. Even when I think about over my own life and the things that God spared me of, and it wasn't because of who I am, it's because that he had mercy upon me if it had not been for God. And that's God's mercy. When you know that, yes, you deserve this, but yet God takes away the threat of the enemy. Mm. There is something that comes over you that you are so appreciative that you know that you should have been dead in your grave, but God spared you. And you know what happens when that, when that, when that happens and you begin to tell other people, they begin to start thinking, well, if God did that for you, Mm. Will he do it for me? If God forgiven you of that, do you think he can forgive me of this? That's what God really want to do is to show through you who he is and how great he is. Like the woman at the well, come, come see a man. That's I right. mean, if he can do it for me, he can do it for that you. Was mercy. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. Mercy is a demonstration.
demonstration of God's love. Here's what it looks like in action. The thief on the cross hanging beside Jesus. This day thou will be with me in paradise. That is the mercy of God. I mean, blind Bartimaeus begging on the roadside saying, Lord, son of David, have mercy upon me Mm -hmm. and Jesus healing him. That's what the mercy of God looks like. When God does for you what you know you don't deserve, what you know you couldn't earn, what you know is not rightfully yours. That is the mercy of God in demonstration. Even in Psalms 103, Mm -hmm. it says so clearly, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Mm. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. We think that he only forgives some stuff and only heals some things, but he redeems my life from destruction, crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Mm. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He has not, this is what it looks like. He has not dealt with us after our sins and he does not reward us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. That's what mercy looks like when God takes your sins and and cast them so far away that he doesn't even remember them. When God takes your filthy sin like he did for the high priest Joshua that stood before his throne and he said, take off the filthy robe and give him a robe of pure white. When God meets you coming down the road like he did for the prodigal son and he said, throw a party, kill the fatted calf. That's what the mercy of God looks like. You know what? You keep going down to to verse 13. And and this is also a demonstration of his mercy. He says, like a father pitieth his children. You know, when a father or mother pities their children, someone is saying, you know, you should whip that child. Or, you know, they've done this over and over again. But you know what? The father, the mother, that child, they know their child. And they know the situation maybe in which that person or that child had made a mistake and they understand that this is not something that are usual that this child does something's got to be going on with this child and she and the father or the mother extend mercy well that's the way God is with us and he liked it liking it unto a father that pitieth his children it says so the Lord pitieth them that fear him and then verse 14 says for he knoweth our frame and he remembered that we are dust. He know that we are weak in the flesh many times. God's ways are not our ways and God's Hallelujah. thoughts are not our thoughts. We look at the outward part. We look at the behavior. That's just a symptom of what's going on on the inside and God knows what is really going on the inside and he said I'm going to extend mercy unto you. Now to someone else it might look like you're playing favorites. You're not fair. But you know what? He isn't fair. He is 
isn't fair. If he was fair, we would be consumed. Not any of us would be able to stand. But I'm so glad that God knows my weakness, that God knows that I'm just Mercy. mere dust and that he knows that my life is just a vapor. He knows me. He knows my innermost part. And I thank you that he had mercy upon me. The song said, years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me that he died at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. It is the mercy of God that we need. And I am running. I am running to the mercy seat where Jesus is calling. He said his grace would cover me. His blood would flow freely. It would provide the healing. Come running to the mercy seat. Come running to the mercy seat of God. In the darkness where everything is unknown. The power of sin on my own I did not know of a place I could go Where I could find a way to heal my wounded soul You said I'm running, I'm running. There's like a desperation that I have to make it to the mercy seat of God. I like that first verse where it says, In darkness, where everything is unknown, I faced the power of sin on my own. I did not know a place I could go where I can find a way to heal a wounded soul. I'm running, I'm running, I'm running to the mercy seat where Jesus is calling that's the place when God says, come boldly before the throne of grace, where you can obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Come to the throne of grace. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to say you have no right to come before me. I'm not going to rehearse your past and the things that you've done time and time again. He said, but I'm going to have mercy on you. Amen. And lastly, mercy, it does belong to the 
believer. It follows us all the days of our lives. According to Psalms 23 and six, that says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. It's not restricted just to the believer. God told Moses, I am God and I will have mercy on absolutely anybody. I choose to have mercy on. You are a recipient of the mercy of God. God is merciful to all of us. The fact that you woke up this morning, that's the mercy of God. The fact that you haven't been consumed by the hand of your enemy, that's the mercy of God. You keep shooting stuff in your veins and it hasn't killed you, that's the mercy of God. Mm. You keep playing with things that should have destroyed you, but it hasn't taken you out. That's the mercy of God. You keep waking up in the morning and going to bed without giving God praise and acknowledging him without giving your life over to him. That's the mercy of God. You who were once washed in the blood of the lamb who have gone back on the truth of God, but he has not killed you or taken you out of this earth. Mm. That's the mercy of God. Even you that are washed in the blood of the lamb that serve him day in and day out. Believe it or not, you're only here by the mercy of God. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Every single one of us. If God didn't extend mercy to the righteous, the unrighteous, the saved, the unsaved, we would be consumed. It is the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. And he bid us come. He said, come boldly to the throne of our gracious God and there you will receive mercy and you will find grace to help when you are in need. Whosoever will, he bids you today, come, come unto me. Jesus Christ came that his mercy would be extended. There's no one that can extend mercy to you like Jesus can. There's no one that can sympathize with you like, like Jesus can. There's no one that will sit down even when you're stinking and dead in your sin and will still listen to you as you speak. And as it is in Mark 10, blind Bartimaeus, it says this, it says, now they came to Jericho and he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, uh, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to crowd and say, Jesus Son of David, have mercy mm. on me. And even when they were trying to quiet them down, my God, he even went louder. And he says, uh, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Even when they were trying to hush him up, he continued to cry out because he knew who was walking by. He was in the presence of the most high God. And when he continued to cry out for mercy, Jesus turned around and healed this man's eye. Even you even you there is no wall that can fence mercy out there's no ditch that could cause it to stumble but it will walk straight over onto you and cause you to know that you are forgiven of your sins yes you yes you because there's a plan that god has for your life the people that tried to hush him up Mm. They couldn't help him, but they want you to be <laughs> quiet. They can't do anything for you. And he knew that because he'd been with them a long time. That's why when they kept saying, be quiet, it doesn't take all that. He got louder and he screamed more because he knew, look, they're trying to shut me up. But when Jesus has passed me by, I'm going to be stuck with these same people that couldn't help me, yep. wouldn't help me, didn't do a doggone thing for me. But there's one passing by who has the ability, the authority, the grace and the 
the mercy to help my situation. And I just want to say to you this morning, Jesus is passing by. And no matter what everyone else tells you, it doesn't take all that. I wouldn't go to that church. I wouldn't serve that God. You better get God for yourself. Dear God, we thank you. Where there is sickness, would you bring healing? God, where there is doubt, would you, Father, let our faith rise to meet your promises? Father, where there is fear, would you reassure us that you are well able? I pray, God, that you would squash all of the naysayers, God, and that we would see you as you are high and lifted up and that our faith would rise to meet a God who is full of mercy and full of compassion and who has never given up on us a day in our life. We give you glory. We give you honor. And we plead to you as they pled to you in that day, dear God. God, mm. have mercy upon have our mercy. souls in Jesus' name. We thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and LJ Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.